Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knows. My name is Chris and it is a very cold January morning. Let's see what's the weather like outside. Oh, we're not in New York. Carson City. 36 degrees today right now. Um, lots of snow on the ground. It was raining for a bit, but that stopped. Plenty of overcast. More snow in the future. Which is probably a good thing because it's been, it's January and this is the first big snowstorm we've had out here this year, in the last year. Um, and, uh, which is pretty unusual for, for this, this area. Um, usually we get snow, you know, around Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that, but no, nothing. It has been warm. It's been nice. And then bam, got snow. Uh, personally, I love the snow. Don't much like the cold, but I don't think anybody really does. Um, but yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see finally get some, some snow on the ground. Kids, kids went sledding, you know, it's a good time. So, uh, crazy stuff going on right now. Um, if you're not paying attention, if you don't know what's going on, um, whole crazy bunch of stuff is going on in the stock market right now. Uh, GameStop is up a shit ton. It went from $4 all the way up to like 300 something dollars. Uh, it's back down to like a hundred something right now. But if you're not paying attention, you better look that stuff up because this is very important what's going on right now. Um, and if it continues to happen, then we're going to see an extremely huge uh, reorganization of a bunch of things. So, um, I'm not going to get into that because I don't report the news. I just thought this was very, a very big turning point in history and the way that, that, um, our economy and money and, and wealth is, is looked at. And so it's going to be a huge deal. So keep, keep paying attention to that guys. Cause this is, a uh, this is going to change a lot of people's lives for sure. Bad and good. All right. So today you've reached the podcast where I just read things to you. Um, the things are pretty random. Uh, I just kind of look up things, and if it's something I think that might be interesting, I'll read it to you. If I don't think it's interesting, I'll move on to the next thing. But um, sometimes I mess up. I'm reading here. You know, I didn't write this stuff. I'm reading it for the first time. We're learning together. Um, this is more of more of a podcast where, you know, you probably don't have the time to sit there and read things. I do. Um, and that's fine. It doesn't take me too much time. It, you can listen in into the shower. You can listen to it uh, in your car, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, I mean, honestly, if you don't like it, if you don't like what I'm reading, then um, you can skip it. It's fine. I read a lot of different things. Um, some things are kind of like in my head. Some things is just kind of going on with the world today. Um, I mean, shoot, I read poetry sometimes too. Who knows? But um, you've made it here, you've made it this far, and we're just going to keep going with it. So that long ass intro, we're going to go into it. This article is from Business Insider. Um, see, this was written on uh, June 16th, 2015. And the title is five U.S. security related conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. Um, let's see. Written by Paul Zoldra. We are the mighty. I don't know what the we are the mighty thing is. I'll check that out. All right. Let's get into it. 
Take off your tinfoil hats for a second, because sometimes an insane-sounding conspiracy theory actually turns out to be true. From the government making up an enemy attack to justify war to mind control experiments, some stories are hard to believe until declassified documents or investigations prove they actually happened. Here are five of the wildest former conspiracy theories we found. The U.S. Navy fired on North Vietnamese torpedo boats that weren't even there. On the night of August 4, 1965, the USS Maddox engaged against hostile North Vietnamese torpedo boats following an unprovoked attack. The only problem, there were no, nor, there were no torpedo boats or an attack. The Maddox fired at nothing, but the incident was used as justification to further escalate the conflict in Vietnam. President Lyndon Johnson reported that at least two of the enemy boats were sunk, and American media outlets backed up that story in numerous articles. But conspiracy theorists thought it looked a lot like a false flag attack. They were right, according to the National Security Agency's own declassified documents. Others who were present, including James Stockdale, a Navy pilot who would later receive the Medal of Honor, disputed the official account. I had the best seat in the house to watch that event, and our destroyers were just shooting at phantom targets. There were no PT boats there. There was nothing there but Blackwater and American firepower. Even LBJ wasn't convinced, and he said, for all I know, our Navy was shooting at whales out there. Number two, the FBI infiltrated, surveilled, and tried to discredit American political groups it deemed subversive. When it wasn't investigating crimes, the FBI underdirector J. Edgar Hoover kept busy trying to suppress the spread of communism in the United States under a secret program called COINTELPRO, which is counterintelligence program. The FBI harassed numerous political groups and turned many of its members completely paranoid. Though they could never be sure, many activists suspected the FBI was watching them, and the Bureau was able to mess with groups they didn't like and influence what they did. From the book, The United States of Paranoia by Jesse Walker, he says, Under Cointelpro, FBI agents infiltrated political groups and spread rumors that loyal members were the real infiltrators. They tried to get targets fired from their jobs, and they tried to break up the targets' marriages. They published deliberately inflammatory literature in the names of organizations they wanted to discredit, and they drove wedges between groups that might otherwise be allied. In Baltimore, the FBI's operatives in the Black Panther Party were instructed to denounce students for a democratic society as a cowardly honky group who wanted to exploit the Panthers by giving them all the violent, dangerous, dirty work. The operation was apparently successful. In August 1969, just five months after the initial instructions went out, the Baltimore FBI reported that the local Panther branch had ordered its members not to associate with SDS members or attend any SDS events. Excuse me. So this SDS is Students for a Democratic Society. Um, it wasn't only communist or left-leaning organizations. The FBI's list of targets included the Civil Rights Movement, and public enemy number one was doc Dr. Martin Luther King. Everybody knows that. Agents bugged his hotel rooms, followed him, tried to break up his marriage, and at one point even sent him an anonymous letter trying to get him to commit suicide. It would have been just a wacky conspiracy theory from a bunch of paranoid leftists that no one would have believed, but the conspiracy theorists, a group of eight anti-war activists, broke into an FBI field office in 1971 and found a trove of documents that exposed the program. Number three, U.S. military leaders had a plan to kill innocent people and blame it on Cuba. 
Sitting just 90 miles from the Florida coast and considered a serious threat during the Cold War, communist Cuba under its leader Fidel Castro was a problem for the United States. The U.S. tried to oust Castro during the Bay of Pigs invasion in 1961, but the operation failed. So the generals went back to the drawing board and came up with an unbelievable plan called Operation Northwoods from ABC News. The plans had the written approval from all the Joint Chiefs of Staff and were presented to President Kennedy's Defense Secretary, Robert McNamara, in March 1962, but they apparently were rejected by the civilian leadership and have gone undisclosed for nearly 40 years. These were Joint Chiefs of Staff documents. The reason these were held secret for so long is the Joint Chiefs never wanted to give these up because they were so embarrassing, Bamford told ABCnews.com. What were the embarrassing plans? There were ideas for lobbying mortars into Guantanamo, Guantanamo Naval Base, in addition to blowing up some of the aircraft or ammunition there. Then there was another idea floated to blow up a ship in its harbor, but these were timid compared to other plans that came later in top-secret paper. We could develop a communist Cuba terror campaign in the Miami area, in other Florida cities, and even in Washington. We could sink a boatload of Cubans en route to Florida, real or simulated, exploding a few plastic bombs in carefully chosen spots. The arrests of Cuban agents and the release of prepared documents substantiating Cuban involvement would also be helpful. Also, would be helpful in projecting the idea of an irresponsible government. The paper went on to describe in detail other plants for possibly hijacking, hijacking or shooting down a drone airliner made it look like it was carrying civilian passengers or fake sh faking a shoot down of a U.S. Air Force jet over international waters to blame Cuba. Cuba. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number four, the CIA recruited top American journalists to spread propaganda in the media and gather intelligence. Starting in the 1950s, amid the backdrop of the Cold War, the Central Intelligence Agency approached leading American journalists in an attempt to influence public opinion and gather intelligence. The program, called Operation Mockingbird, went on for nearly three decades. From journalist Carl Bernstein, writing in Rolling Stone in 1977. Some of these journalists' relationships with the agency were tacit. Some were explicit. There was co cooperation, accommodation, and overlap. Journalists provided a full range of clandestine services, from simple intelligence gathering to serving as go-betweens with spies in communist countries. Reporters shared their notebooks with the CIA. Editors shared their staffs. Some of the journalists were Pulitzer Prize winners, distinguished reporters who considered themselves ambassadors without portfolio for their country. Much, most were less exalted. Foreign correspondents who found that their association with the agency helped their work, stringers and freelancers who were as interested in the daring do of the spy business as in filing articles in the smallest category, full-time CIA employees masquerading as journalists abroad. In many instances, CIA documents show journalists were engaged to perform tasks for the CIA with the consent of the management of America's leading news organization. The Church Committee exposed much of the program with a full report from Congress stating the CIA currently maintains a network of several hundred foreign individuals around the world who provide intelligence for the CIA and at times attempt to influence opinion through the use of covert propaganda. These individuals provide the CIA with direct access to a large number of newspapers and periodicals, scores of press services and news agencies, radio and television stations, commercial book publishers, commercial book publishers, and other foreign media outlets. Number five, the CIA conducted mind control experiments on unwitting U.S. and Canadian citizens, some of which were lethal. 
Perhaps one of the most shocking conspiracy theories that turned out to be true was a CIA program called MKUltra, which had the stated goal of developing biological and chemical weapons capability during the Cold War, according to Gizmodo. But it ballooned into a larger program that encompassed research via Today I Found Out, which will promote the intoxicating effect of alcohol, which will render the induction of hypnosis easier or otherwise enhance its usefulness, which will enhance the ability of individuals to withstand privation, torture, and coercion during interrogation and so-called brainwashing, which will produce amnesia for events preceding and during their use, which will produce shock and confusion over extended periods of time and capable of surreptitious use, and which will produce physical disablement such as paralysis of the legs, acute anemia, etc., During the program, the CIA established front companies to work with more than 80 institutions such as hospitals, prisons, and universities. With these partnerships in place, the agency then ran experiments on subjects using drugs, hypnosis, and verbal and physical abuse. At least two American deaths can be attributed to this program, according to the Church Committee. Though the Church Committee uncovered much of this shocking program, many of the top-secret files were ordered destroyed in 1973 by CIA Director Richard Helms. So, yeah, that's it. That's the end of it. Um, yeah, pretty crazy stuff there. Um, those were five conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. Um, and it's pretty crazy. I mean, you got the U.S. government just just doing some crazy stuff to everybody. You're getting away with it. Um so, kind of, I don't say I believe every conspiracy theory. I mean, I look into things. I really do. I, I research stuff. I read a lot, if you can't tell. But um, there are some things out there that are true. And we're not being told the whole story. Um, eventually, the word's going to come out unless, I mean, somehow they take it to the grave and there's nothing to prove, you know. But. The world is a crazy place, man. So I hope you guys are all having fun with it. You only got one life to live, apparently. Um, Who knows? Maybe we have more. But, yeah, that's it. Just keep, keep keep your heads up, man. Crazy times we're living in. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep coming. Keep reading to you. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye.